Welcome to the Process Breakdown Podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company, getting rid of bottlenecks, and giving your employees all the information they need to be successful at their jobs. Now, let's get started with the show. Chad Franzen here, co-host of the Process Breakdown Podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company getting rid of bottlenecks, and giving your staff everything they need to be successful at their job. Past guests include David Allen of Getting Things Done and Michael Gerber of The Emith, and many more. This episode is brought to you by Sweet Process. Have you had team members ask you the same questions over and over again, and this is the 10th time you spent explaining it? There's a better way and a solution. Sweet Process is a software that makes it drop-dead easy to train and onboard new staff and save time with existing staff. Not only do universities, banks, hospitals, and software companies use them, but first but Government agencies use them in life, life or death situations to run their operations. Use Sweet Process to document all the repetitive tasks that eat up your precious time so you can focus on growing your team and empowering them to do their best work. Sign up for a 14-day free trial, no credit card required. Go to sweetprocess.com, sweet like candy, S-W-E-E-T process.com. Kristen Harris is the COO and co-founder of Portfolio Creative, a staffing and recruiting firm that helps clients find, hire, and manage top marketing and creative talent. With years of professional design, marketing, and leadership experience, Kristen and her partner, Catherine Lang Klein, have leveraged their creative backgrounds and practical business experience to build an award-winning, women-owned business that connects creative talent with companies that need their talents and skills. Kristen, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. So tell me a little bit more about um, Portfolio Creative. Yeah, so um, we're creative people at heart. My business partner and I had careers in marketing and, and design roles. And at some point into those careers, just realized there was not a great way for companies and creative talent to connect with each other. Frankly, like we were either trying to hire people or be hired or both. And um it was just a very uh, grassroots at best kind of process. And so we decided to create a business that would, would help solve that, you know, challenge. And at some point found out that it was staffing and recruiting is, is what we were building, but it's always been about the creative people. You know, it's always come from the point, the, the point of um, connecting creative people into great careers and correcting clients with great talent. You know, that's always been our passion. So you're you're very involved in the hiring, kind of the hiring and uh, joining these two people together. What is involved in your day to day role then as COO? In my day to day role, so um, so yes, our company is very much involved in in the hiring, putting those two sides. It's matchmaking, really. It's mm-hmm. professional matchmaking. Um, and so my role is COO. I'm running more of the day to day internal operations for our business. So my partner and I often refer to ourselves as the inside voice and the outside voice. I think that's the perfect explanation. So she focuses much more on the outside world, you know, marketing and and business development and promotional kind of things. And I focus much more on the internal um, managing our day to day processes and operations, HR, you know, I make a good spreadsheet and all that kind of thing. How has how has um your how how have you guys had to adjust business over the last few years because of COVID and the way COVID has changed the way we all work? 
Yeah, it's been really interesting. So we're a relatively small company. And even before, you know, I, I feel it's like the before times and the after times mm-hmm. and the before times we were um, we had an office space. And most of us were here. We're located in Columbus. Most of us were here, but we did already have a couple of employees that were in other cities. They were people that had worked with us and, you know, for life reasons, were moving and we wanted to keep them as part of our team. So we already had some experience working with people remotely, which is, you know, a great benefit when COVID hit. So we really quickly moved to working fully remote, you know, remotely and We still had our office space for a while, but at some point we decided to scale down. So we still have a, I call it our home base, but we still have a location where people can go and we keep some important, you know, files and things there. So we have a a home base office, but most of our team is working remotely, even, you know, if they are in Columbus and then on, you know, that's our internal team. And then from the point of view of the people that we have placed with our clients, our talent that are working for us with our clients. Before COVID, um, I think creatives have always been into this idea of like working remotely and flexibly and freelancing and all these things. And our clients were never going to go for it. (laughs) It just was not going to happen. You know, we work with a lot of larger corporations and companies like that. And they're like, no, we really would like to see you five days a week sitting in our office. You know, they were forced to send everyone home, which included contractors and and people, you know, place through staffing firms and so on. And, you know, those people worked efficiently all of this time remotely. And so a lot of them still are. And now we're seeing a lot of the new roles that are being opened with our clients are either remote or hybrid or some type of flexibility. You know, candidates are expecting some flexibility. I think they feel like they've proven themselves, but companies are really seeing like, oh yeah, this this could work. Like they were forced to do it, but now there's parts of it they do like. Sure. So it's one thing to, you know, have employees that work who already work there, who are already familiar with, you know, the system and how everything goes to start working remotely. That's, that's got some challenges in terms of uh, switching, but when you hire somebody who expects to work remotely, what are, what are some um, challenges associated with onboarding in a remote environment? Yeah, I think that has been the biggest you know, stumbling point that we have seen um, with with our clients trying to make this change. Because for, you're right, initially it was just sending people home that already were working there and were embedded and understood their job and knew what they were supposed to do every day. And, you know, they armed them with a laptop and, and sent them home. But at some point, and, and that's all, that's who it was for a while, it was just the people they already had, right? No one was really hiring or adding people to their team. But after a while, it's like, oh, okay, we need to start hiring. And especially on the marketing side, some companies really ramped up their their marketing. You know, they started to hire a lot, especially more digital people, e-commerce, that kind of thing. And so that that was exactly what you said was kind of the the bump people were companies were running into is this like, okay, I could give my person already had a laptop, but they already knew what they were doing. I have no idea how to hire or integrate a new person into my team. Um, so there, I mean, there's a lot of stumbling bucks that we see. I, I think the biggest thing that we tell people is just the communication, like sending someone, you know, some equipment is not onboarding them, <laughs> like, you know, and, and unfortunately we, we've seen that, you know, 
not all with our clients, thank goodness. But um, yeah, people are just like, well, I got a box with a computer, but like I haven't heard anything else. And and so really, I feel like over communicating, you know, confirming their start date and then double confirming it an extra, you know, confirming it one more time, putting it on everyone's calendar on the team. So everyone knows that person's starting and can jump on the video call to welcome them because you don't have all of the just um, casual interaction you would have when someone starts in a new job in an office, you know, like you start a new job, you show up at the office on your first day, wherever they told you to be there. And someone says, great, come on in. Here's your desk. Here's the person you're sitting next to. This person will show you where, you know, the copier is or whatever. And everyone just says, hi, welcome. Like you have to purposefully tell everyone, dial in at 9.15 to welcome, you know, Chad to the team. And so I think it, it just has to be so much more purposeful and, and planned out because all of the little natural interactions that would have happened just don't unless you make them happen. Sure. Have you found that to be um, beneficial or can that can that replicate the welcome? Here's your desk and introducing everybody around around the office. It's not the same, but it's better than not doing any sure. of those things. Sure. Right. So I think that, you know, having a plan for them for their first day and their first week, I just think that that first honestly, the first day and the first week are when you either make or break that relationship with that person, right? Like they are going home their first day, like, oh my gosh, I love my new job. Even if going home means like they're walking upstairs Mm -hmm. (laughs) or, you know, their first week, somebody asks them, you know, how is your new job? I love it. Or they start to really question the decision that they've made. And, um, you know, you don't want them questioning whether they should have taken this job on their first week. So I think that you can, it will not be the same, but it can be as good. If sure. that makes sense. So tell me about your, your kind of your process for the first day, first week, maybe the first, you know, 90 days even. Yeah. So for our internal team and we really, you know, uh, recommend our clients do a lot of this too, but obviously it, it has fit within their process we built out a 90 day onboarding for our new people and it's broken into 30, 60, 90 day increments. So that first 30 days is really pretty structured. Like we know these are the systems you have to learn. These are the steps you'll have to learn to do your job. You know, these, it's pretty concrete. And, you know, the first week is really structured. Like you're going to meet with these people on this day. And then we have, you know, set meetings on our team. You're invited to all of those. As the you know sixty day and the ninety day increments come along, it gets a little looser because we have to build upon what they already know. So in those first thirty days, you know you're learning your softwares and all the things you need to know. The next thirty days is probably building on those skills and learning more things specific to the role and about the company. And then that that third thirty days, the sixty to ninety time period. I feel like a lot of that is like you're just getting good at the stuff you learned in the first 60 days. So you've learned different processes and steps and parts of your job. And some things will be easy and have come to that person naturally. And some things they'll really have to like work on. So in that ninth, that, you know, third nine, not third 90 days, that third 30 days, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, 
they're it's like just doing more reps, right? They're just building experience of doing the steps they've done. But like for our team, we really think someone should be fully trained in 90 days. That doesn't mean like they are fully, you know, 100% at the superstar level of their role yet. Like we know people need time to build their skills and get better and better and faster and more um, confident in some of the things they're doing. But we feel like we owe it to them in those first 90 days to give them everything they need to be successful. So then they can grow and build on it. If it's if we haven't given them all of that in the first 90 days, it's hard to expect them to be successful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we owe it to them. Like in the, down the road, maybe they owe it to us to tell us what they need. But in the beginning, we owe it to them to tell them what they need because they don't know. They're just showing up virtually, mostly, in this new role that they have accepted, but they don't know all the nuance of it, right? We're the ones who know what it takes to be successful. Sure. You know, I have trained... I not never virtually, but I have trained, uh, you know, new employees on how on new, new software or new something like new POS systems, things like that. But it's always in, it's always been in person. And even that takes a little bit of, that's kind of a challenge. You know, everybody can learn it, but it's, you're going in learning a new thing. And that's always a kind of a new thing that you're learning. Uh, what, what are some of the ways that you, you know, let employees or learn, help employees learn new software that, you know, they'll learn, but it's still a learning process. Yeah, I think, and this may be different for different companies, but in our situation, we use all of the softwares we use are third party. Like we don't have any software we've built ourselves. Mm-hmm. So but we use an industry specific software called Bullhorn. We use Google Suite, all the Google you know tools and a lot of LinkedIn. So all of those are big companies that have lots of of training already. Mm-hmm. You know, they have made all kinds of training modules and learning courses and different kinds of things that you can tap into. So um I I would say some years ago we tried to like put together a lot of our own, you know, step-by-step process guides. And then we realized like, you know, all of this already exists. The company that made the software already has built this. So we really tap into what already exists, what the, you know, what the company has already created. Sometimes there are good um, third-party, you know, training courses. Like LinkedIn as an example, maybe not made by LinkedIn, but made by someone on how to, you know, really leverage LinkedIn. So we Mm -hmm. might tap into some of those, but um, for software, like we don't, create and invent our own training, you know, courses and videos and things because a lot of that exists. So we, we have people start with that because like, here's just a basic, you know, watch these videos. And usually it's kind of interactive, you know, you're Mm -hmm. clicking through and doing whatever the person is showing you. And then, you know, you'll have a base idea of like how the software works. And then we have them start working with someone on our team. So they can see maybe how we use it or where we put certain things or whatever. But, um, I think that a lot of it is like, what can we tap into that's already out there, especially when you're a smaller company? If you're a large company, maybe you have a whole training department and you want to create, you know, your own things. But when you're a small company, there's so much out there that you can just tap into that exists. Sure, sure. I have one more question for you. But first, how can people find out more about Portfolio Creative? Well, we're very easily found online. So our website is PortfolioCreative.com. We have a blog. We have a podcast 
podcast too. It's called Illumination Bureau, and it's my partner and I talking about all sorts of things related to creative hiring, sometimes some small business ownership type topics. Um, we're pretty active on LinkedIn as well. So we're just for portfolio creative everywhere, pretty much. Okay, great, great. Last question for you. You know, this whole onboarding thing remotely is is probably something that everybody is dealing with. Maybe a lot of people are struggling with. What would you say is like the first step to getting to getting, you know, that process a little bit more under control? I think um sitting down and creating a plan for for your new person, just creating a plan for the first couple of weeks can have so much impact. I mean, we have seen things fall apart. We've heard lots of horror stories from people coming to us about just like those first couple weeks going poorly. And you put so much effort into finding this person that you think is going to be perfect. Like don't lose them the first two weeks. Like if you would, if you can just take the time to plan out that first, you know, increment of time, what they'll be working on, who they'll meet with, what they need to know, who they need to, you know, sit and learn from, whether it's screen sharing or however they're going to learn that can have so much impact on, you know, that person being super engaged with you, you know, confirming their choice to have come work for you, getting them up, up to speed because you probably hired them because you really need them to be doing some work like right now, yesterday. <laughs> so getting them up to speed more quickly, like just all the things you want can um, be set off on the right foot with just planning for that first couple of weeks. Sure, sure. Hey, uh, Kristen, it's been great talking to you. I really appreciate you sharing your thoughts and insights. Thank you so much. Thank you. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Process Breakdown Podcast. Before you go, quick question. Do you want a tool that makes it easy to document processes, procedures, and or policies for your company so that your employees have all the information they need to be successful at their job? If yes, sign up for a free 14-day trial of Sweet Process. No credit card is required to sign up. Go to sweetprocess.com, sweet like candy, and process like process.com. Go now to sweetprocess.com and sign up for your risk-free 14-day trial. Hi, this is Owen, the CEO and co-founder here at Sweet Process. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast interview, uh, actually, you know what I want you to do? Go ahead and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That way we get more people aware of you know, the good stuff that you get here on this podcast. Again, go on to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Looking forward to reading your review. Have a good day. That's